I'm Jack Bailey. Welcome back to the Blue Line Report. We're so happy to have you back. Uh, this is actually our one-year anniversary. So uh, a year ago, uh, I guess Saturday would have been our one-year anniversary. So that's when we uh, interviewed Shelly Coolidge, and we've come a long way. So I'd like to say thank you so much for the lot of support that we you guys have given us. Uh, we couldn't have done it without you. And uh, yeah, it's just been so fun. And uh, we're going to have a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking to AJ Jackiebeck from TSN 1200. How's it going, AJ? Awesome. Great to be here for your uh, anniversary show. Congratulations. Awesome achievement. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So yeah, we got a lot to talk to you today. Um, a lot has happened in the last or last little bit of hockey. Uh, we'll get to some Ottawa Senators offseason, but uh, we'll obviously talk playoffs, player polls if we want. Just there's a lot of stuff to pull from from the NHL. It's a busy time. It's a great time to be a fan. So uh, as a Sens fan, have you been as invested as playoffs as you would be like in, if the Sens weren't? Or are you just as invested? Yeah, for me, like I'm a hockey fan first and foremost. Like I, you know, I grew up in Edmonton, lived in BC, and you know, been in Ottawa 15 years. So I, you know, I've grown attached to the Ottawa Senators in a sense that you know, working the broadcasts and and you know, being able to call um, you know some of their games uh, over the course of the last few years, whenever they've needed somebody to do play by play. So I've been able to do that. So, you know, from that perspective, you know, I, I, I want Ottawa to do well, but you know, more than anything, I'm just a hockey fan. Right. So I'm always invested in the playoffs and um, yeah, curious to see where it's going to go from here. It's pretty wide open uh, with both series tied at two right now, but uh, excited to see how it's going to play out. Yeah. Like I, I, for one, I thought Vegas was just going to come in, clean sweep them, done, done, and be off to the final. But as like every series I predicted Montreal to lose in, they have upset me and they have proven me wrong. What is happening to this Montreal team? It's a great question. Uh, you know, you and me both, because I picked them to lose uh, both series as well to, to Toronto and Winnipeg and, I didn't think it was going to be a sweep against Vegas. And I did think that the Vegas matchup was a better one for them than say the Colorado matchup, just because, you know, Vegas struggles to score goals. And, and in particular, you know, you see when Montreal has a lead, you know, they're a t tough team to come back against. Now Montreal struggles to score goals as well. So it's problematic uh, if they don't score first. Uh, barring a, a goalie gaffe like we saw in game number three that got them into overtime but you know they, they just kind of have that team of destiny type feel right now from from the looks of it you know Carey Price when you know he's had his inconsistencies over the last couple of seasons but you know when he finds the top of his game I'm not sure there's a better goaltender in the league a guy like Vasilevsky has been probably a little more consistent but I, I'm not sure there's a better goalie when he's at the top of his game than Carey Price. He just looks so confident, like everything just makes everything look easy. And he's in that zone right now. So, you know, between that, they've got a, a good blue line when Petrie plays. I mean, I thought slotting was a problem for them when Petrie was hurt and all of a sudden everyone had to play more minutes and it was problematic. But as soon as Petrie got back into the lineup, you know, that, that helped just ease the minutes off guys like, Sherrod and Edmondson and Kulak and so on and so forth. And, 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 you know, this is just a team that plays very well as, as, as a five man unit when it comes to five on five. So uh, they're, they're not a team. Like I think to win a Stanley cup, 
you've got to be able to win every way possible. You need to win run and gun games. You need to win tight games, physical games, special teams games. Um, but you know, that that's 16 games, right? And, and typically the teams that have major flaws, you know, we've seen some, some big teams uh, or some teams like that, uh, that maybe a lot of people didn't suspect, you know, over the course of the last 40 years, go deep, you know, into even the finals, like going back to the, the Canucks in 82 with Richard Brodeur and goal. And you look at, you know, the nineties and, and, you know, the Washington capitals in 98, the Minnesota North stars and 91 teams like Carolina in 02 and Anaheim in 03. So there's, there's always teams that, that go a long ways and surprise a lot of people, but typically they fall short at the last hurdle just because they're, they're lacking something. So, you know, Montreal, they're, they're two wins away from the final. Could they get there? Absolutely. But they have to win a certain way. And that certain way is getting the lead and, and stifling the opposition, getting good goaltending in the meantime, they're not a team that, can win a lot of playoff games the only playoff win they have this year when they gave up the first goal was that one in game three and again they needed the the goalie gap from flurry to to get it so um hats off to them uh they've got a lot further than i expected but you know it's not a fluke that this series is tied to two they've been uh, just as good as vegas in this series and you know I, i'm curious to see how it's going to play out in, in game number five in vegas and Curious to see how the officiating is going to go because I know a lot of people have been sour about the officiating and I don't think it's affected, you know, who's won or lost, but I do think, you know, it's, it's, it's been problematic in terms of the spectacle of the game and, and they're not really calling enough for me and for my liking. And I think, you know, that's something that going forward um, that the NHL is going to have to look at in the off season to try and, ensure that you know the best players have an opportunity to be the best players on the ice much like you see in the nba and soccer and other sports where the stars are real easy to pick out yeah no like i i get everyone complaining about refs being spotty and stuff and of course they're gonna be spotty uh when comes playoffs they often are there's not very many sports or any sports at all that have perfect refs but i think it does balance out, and I think you hit it on the nail there. It hasn't really affected, like, it hasn't decided who's won and lost games. So, I mean, I, I get the complaining about the refs, but, like, it, it's going to be spotty, and it's always been spotty in the NHL playoffs. So, I guess that's just how it's going to be. And then to your other points, Montreal, they have shocked people. Like, as soon as they go up, they play that trap style where they just shut it down. And another team you might have heard of, of the 90s Devils, who were the best guys to ever do the trap. And like, I, they, even though their game was boring, I'm not sure any Devils fans are complaining about their game being boring with their cup rings, so, you know? So like, I, as much as it's been kind of boring to watch Habs games lately when they go up, they have been really good. They have been really good at keeping that league and really shutting it down. And I think Carey Price, if they somehow make it all the way and they go to the cup, there's no way. There's absolutely no way he's not winning a playoff MVP, or I think it's the Calder. I always, I always. Con Smythe, yeah. Con Smythe, Con Smythe, yeah. Calder's the rookie one. I always get the trophies messed up, but yeah, um, but yeah, Con Smythe. Like, there's no way he does. He has carried this team, and I think they have been able to put the puck in the net 
not quite all, not as much as you'd like to see, but just enough to get by. And Carey Price has really proven why. Yeah, you said Vasilevsky. I agree is probably a bit more um, consistent, but Carey Price at his game is the best goalie, I think, in the NHL. And I don't think it's fairly, fairly close either. So, I'm, I mean, I've been definitely surprised, and I think a lot of people have as well. But I, the Montreal Canadiens, they've been a really big surprise, and they've, they've proven. They've proven that why they're here. And, uh, yeah, they've proven why they're here. Yeah, and, and to, just to add to that, you talk about the Devils. It, I know a lot of people at Ottawa were quite sour when, you know, four years ago they got to the conference final and they played Pittsburgh. And, you know, there were some games in that series that were tough to watch as well. And I know Sens fans, some of them at least, um, kind of took it personally for whatever reason uh, when, when people would call them boring, right? And Habs fans have kind of been the same way. I actually see a lot of similarities between that 2017 Sens team and this Habs team. Now, look, there, there were more dynamic offensive players on that Sens team in, in yeah. 2017, most notably a guy like Eric Carlson, who was just <laughs> electrifying in, in that playoff run um and, and and certainly as good as craig anderson is and, and was i don't think you'd put him in the same category as as carrie price at his best but it, it's interesting just to see how it's played out like you know that year four years ago um the senators had an easier run to the conference finals than they would have had they been on the other side of the draw as a wild card playing against the likes of Pittsburgh and Washington, they played the Rangers in Boston. And I thought, I thought as soon as they got into the playoffs, when you looked at the matchups, you said, okay, they can beat Boston and the Rangers. And sure enough, they did. Like I, I felt a trip to the conference final was, was a definite possibility. Now I didn't really feel the same way about the Habs, but if you look at the divisions, a lot of people basically saying the same thing that, the, the North division is probably the weakest of the four. And, you know, maybe not, I wouldn't say it's the weakest top to bottom. There are other divisions that, you know, had some real bad teams. And I think it was pretty competitive top to bottom, but you just didn't have those same elite teams. Like, you, you know, Toronto is a good regular season team, but you wouldn't put them in the same category as a Colorado, a Vegas, a Tampa, Carolina, or even a Boston, Pittsburgh, the Islanders. And so mm-hmm. Montreal probably had the easiest it's never easy to win playoff series, but they probably had the easiest road to the conference finals. And now they're here, right? It, in the end, it doesn't matter. Like if they end up winning six more games, it doesn't matter what the road was. It doesn't matter how you do it. All that matters is, you know, they get a ring and they hold the Stanley cup at the end. So we'll, we'll see if they can get those last six wins. I think it's going to be tough to do it, but uh, you know, they've got as good a chance as Vegas, the way this series has gone. They seem to be uh you know, Vegas, I, I don't know if it's a confidence issue, but, you know, every playoff, these last couple of playoffs, it just seems like as good as Carey Price has been, Vegas makes goaltenders look good as well. Going back to that series against Vancouver last year where Thatcher Demko took it to seven games. And then the next round they played Anton Hudobin. They outshot both of those teams in each and every one of the seven games. That's 14 times they outshot the opponent and outplayed the opponent for the most part, they ended up only winning half of those and got eliminated by Dallas in the semifinals. Same thing happened in the round in round one this year against Minnesota. And, you know, you, you start to ask questions. Is this a trend or 
you know, is this just the biggest fluke ever? And I think it's more of a trend. They're, they're not that deep up the middle as you see, you know, they've got real good forwards and real good wingers with guys like uh, Riley Smith and Marcia so and Mark Stone and Pacioretty who hasn't had a great playoff and Alex Tuck and you can go on and on about all the wingers they have, but you know, they're missing their best center in Chandler Stevenson. They're not that deep beyond him up the middle and, you know, championship teams, that's kind of the one area you go back, you know, through, through time and you look at championship teams and almost all of them, you know, bar the devils right in the, in the mid nineties uh, had, if not one, but two hall of fame centers, um, you know, leading them to a Stanley cup, whether it's Gretzky and Messier or Forsberg and Sackick, Iserman and um, Fedorov. You look at Medano and Newendike, Gilmore and Newendike. You can go on and on and on. All the Hall of Fame centers, Lemieux and Francis. And, and the reality is, when you look at that Vegas team, um, you know, they don't have one Hall of Fame center, let alone two. And is that going to end up costing them? I guess we'll wait and find out. Yeah, no. Uh, and back to your point of the Boston, New York uh, having an easy path. As a Leafs fan, Hey, getting through Boston, that's that's an accomplishment right there. So I, I wouldn't say that's easy, but uh, I'll leave that. But um, yeah, Vegas, they don't have any super, like Mark Stone is becoming a superstar. Mark Stone is really becoming a superstar. But I think other than Mark Stone, they don't have much superstar power up front. Now you can obviously win. The Devils have proven that you can obviously win with a phenomenal decor and great goaltending, which they have definitely proven they have this year. But I'm not sure if that, that works anymore. I'm not sure if you can rely on your defense carrying you or your goaltending carrying you through. Now, as I say that, I realize their opponent is basically getting carried by their goalie. But <laughs> uh, you know, like I, it's it's interesting. I, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with Vegas. I think this series could really go either way. They have a great goaltender in Mark Andre Fleury, who I. To anyone who says he's not going to Hall of Fame, I, I think you're wrong. I think he's 100% Hall of Fame goalie. I, I don't think it should be even close. But, you know, they it, it will be really interesting to see. And I'm very – it could go either way, and I wouldn't be surprised. It could be Montreal who takes the series and runs with it. Now Vegas has home ice advantage now with a tied-up series, so I could easily see them taking care of home ice advantage, bang, boom, and off to the cup final. And – all I have to say is I really don't want to see Montreal Islanders Cup uh, final. That just sounds boring to me. Sorry. Like as much as I think it'd be cool to see the Islanders and not Tampa in the cup final, Montreal in the cup final, just Canadian team getting there. Oh, it'd be such a boring series just because it's trap. Like who, like, yeah. Tampa Vegas would be for the neutral, probably the best series. I mean, the two best teams and yeah. you're probably going to get, you know, two teams going at each other and, and contrast in styles are always good. Um, and I think there's enough of a contrast in style. Like I actually prefer, some people prefer Canada, the U S that, that Canada U S rival, which is a fantastic rivalry, but it's two teams that play the same way. I always prefer Canada, Russia, because it's two teams that play completely, you know, they have completely different yeah. styles and yet it, it works. They just always, there, there's always entertaining games between them. And I think Tampa and Vegas, and, and they both attack, right? I think that's the thing. You want contrasting styles, but two contrasting styles of teams that attack. And I think that's what you'd get with Tampa and Vegas. Part of me would, would like to see the Islanders just because 
of nostalgia uh, and just, you know, more games in that, that building. I was lucky enough to, to call a game in that building in, in Nassau County. And it's uh, it's an awesome building. It's, it's look, it's old, it's time for a new one, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, you just don't get the same type of atmosphere that you do in some of these old buildings with the low ceilings and, you know, the, the fans right on top of the players. And so to get, to get a few more games with the Islanders in wouldn't break my heart either. Yeah, no, I think it'd be cool to see games at the Nassau Coliseum. That, uh, yeah, it'd be cool to see them win a cup, uh, sailing, uh, saying goodbye to the Nassau Coliseum. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. And like, I I won't really want to touch on the Tampa and Islanders series because I do want to get into Ottawa off season uh, with yourself. Um, but. I think that series could also go either way. It's 2-2 for a reason. Both series are 2-2 for a reason. And that's why we play the games. You never know. So I, it'll be interesting to see, and it'll, it'll be entertaining. That's all I know, and that's all I care about. As long as it's entertaining, it's good hockey, then I, I'm pleased. I'm happy. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on that. So I want to start with Ottawa's offseason. They have quite a big, or Dorian and all of them have quite a big offseason plan for them, a big – Things are they have to resign Brady Kachuk, have to resign uh, Batherson. They got uh, the 10th pick in the draft, I believe. 10th, right? Yeah, it's 10. Yeah. Yeah, 10. Um, and they, they, they got the Kraken expansion draft. It'll be really, they got a, quite a busy summer, one of the busiest in the entire NHL. So I want to start with the contracts. What do you think the ballpark? Because I, it's, it's hard to put you on the spot. I'm like, what do you think these guys are going to get? But what do you think the ballpark is for, uh, Kachuk or Batherson? Yeah, I guess it depends on do they do a long-term deal or do they do a bridge deal? If you're doing a long-term deal with Batherson, say, do you get them somewhere around the five, six million mark? I, I would think that's probably, you know, where you would probably have to come in if you're doing something long-term with Batherson, but maybe a bridge deal gets done instead. With Kachuk, I mean, is a player with a lot of leverage because, you know, when Eugene Melnick uh, decided to go down this road with a rebuild and, you know, all the different popular players that he promised that they would get, you know, the core players done and, you know, most notably Kachuk and Shabbat and they got Shabbat done at eight times eight. I don't know. Like it's, it's a tough one with Brady Kachuk because eight times eight, you, you look at just sheer numbers and you'd say, well, maybe not a player that, that would be worth eight times eight, but you look at intangibles and that still matters in the NHL and, you know, his leadership, what he means to the community, what he means, you know, in the dressing room, when he talked to people that, that, that are in the know there, um, just the, the, you know, the, his physical play, he, there just aren't a lot of guys, top line guys that, that can, that compete like him shift in, shift out. You can do it you know, a little bit, but it's a little more spotty with guys that, you know, play that physical style and he brings it every night. So man, what's that worth? I, I don't know. I, I mean, you'd love to get, if to me, if I'm the Ottawa senators and I got eight times eight, if I got the Shabbat deal, I'd take that in a heartbeat, but I, I don't know. I get the sense that it might take more than that. So curious to see how it's going to play out. It's going to be a, a fascinating off season. Like you mentioned, from a senator's standpoint, because you're right, they're going to have to deal with the expansion draft. What do you do with with the actual draft? Do you parlay maybe that number ten pick to to get a, a piece that 
you know, that, that you think can help you make the playoffs now. And right now it's, it's clear that they believe they need a, a top six centerman. Um, they've got two really good centermen for sure in Pinto and Norris, but you know, they, they, they want somebody else with more experience uh, that can play a top six role. Uh, they tried with step on last year. It didn't work swinging a miss. So swing again this year, but I, I, I don't think they can afford another miss of that ilk this year. They, they need to make a hit. So do they go out and get an awesome cadre? Do they go out and get a Sean Monahan or an Adam Henrique or, you know, a lot of different names of Sam Reinhardt. There's been a lot of names that have been thrown out there that I think are realistic propositions. I don't think Jack Eichel fits that bill. So you're not, you're not going to sell the farm to get your guy, but you know, you would definitely move some key pieces to, to go out and get that. And then you look at, you know, the expansion draft, you know, and, and you'd like another defenseman as well. You'd like another kind of top four defenseman that can solidify things. So, you know, can you get a Josh Manson out of Anaheim? Can you get, um, you know, a Chris Tanev type, not that he'd be available from Calgary, but that type of guy that can play big minutes and plays a, a physical solid, you know, kind of like what Edmondson and Sherratt bring the Montreal Canadiens. So, yeah, that, it's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out. And then you got the expansion draft, right? And what do you lose there? Do you end up losing one of your goalies? Well, you got seven in the organization that are signed. So that I think will ease the blow if you lose, you know, a Gustafson or a Decord who, you know, you're going to have to leave one of those guys at least unprotected. And, you know, do you leave both of them unprotected and protect Matt Burry if he's going to be your guy? I would lean towards protecting one of the other ones because I don't think Seattle would go for I'm at Murray. There's going to be enough uh, options in, in goal. Um, and, and so why would they go out and, and, and get one with question marks and a, and a contract that still has three years left at 6 million plus, but uh, definitely a lot of questions and, and uh, it, it will be an interesting off season for sure. And one to watch from an Ottawa senator's perspective. Yeah. Like they, like I said, they have a really busy off season this year. Um, Kachuk, you th- so you think it could potentially go more than eight? Like if it's a long-term deal? I, I do, I do, because again, you know, leverage, right? Like they, Ottawa needs him to be an Ottawa senator. And so I, I think they can probably, and now look, if you're Brady Kachuk as well, and I know it's going to be his management team looking after this and it's his uncle and, Craig Oster from from Newport Sports but you know at the same time you know how much how far do they push on that side if they push eight and a half nine I think you could probably stomach that if they push it over 10 that's a tough one to swallow right I mean you you just look at how (laughs) difficult it is to win in the NHL when you've got players making over 10 million dollars and and is he a $10 million player, as much as I love Brady Kachuk and what he brings to the table, you know, to me, a $10 million player, you got to be getting a point a game. Is he a guy that's going to be getting 80 points? Well, maybe one day, maybe he's got the potential, but we haven't seen it yet. And so that that's, uh, is he worth 10 million if he gets 80 points a year and keeps playing the way he does? Absolutely. Yeah. But you know, if, if he's a 60 point guy, uh, you know, I'm okay paying eight eight and a half, nine, I can stomach, 
10's getting problematic because eventually you're getting rid of good players. Um, you know, be, and, and what's Stutzler going to be worth when he gets to that point? You got to pay Batherson. You're, 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 you know, you hope that guys like Sanderson are going to pan out, you know, Norris, like the, the list is not going to be a short one in terms of potential players that you're eventually going to have to pay. And, you know, with a guy like Colin White still under contract for four more years at almost 5 million per year, you know, that, that could be a contract that could be problematic if he doesn't, you know, improve um, in, in a lot of different aspects in terms of his game. Yeah, like, really. I So I personally think uh, that Kachuk could, should get eight times eight. I think his, his, I think Ottawa will try to lowball him and say, hey, would you take a home, hometown discount? I know it's not his hometown, but draft team discount and take like seven for like eight. But I think his man is agent. I think the best case scenario for both parties is eight times eight, match it up with Shabbat, like what he got. So you can just have your both your both your superstar guys having making the same amount for the same amount of time. Uh, so I think that would be my move and where I would go with that. But Batherson, Batherson is the one I'm really interested in. I like Kachuk, he's gonna get eight, he's gonna get whatever high number, he's gonna get a lot of money. All of them are, but Kajak was going to get a lot of money. Uh, it really interests me in Batherson because I could see him being like, Otto being like, okay, we're going to give you $4 million. But I could also see him, oh, they just gave you $6.5 million. So it's, I, I would love to be, just be able to sit in on these negotiations and hear what is going through all these guys' heads because it, it, they haven't, that's the thing with guys and like when Toronto was having their big negotiations for all their young guns, um, a lot of people knew what the numbers were like, Oh, Matthews wants 10 Matthews wants 11 or uh, Marner wants 10 Marner wants 11 Marner wants nine, something around there where I don't really have an idea of what Batherson is getting going to get. I could, I could make an estimate and be like, he's going to get five, but I have no clue whether that's going to be right or not. So I, I'm interested to see what he get, gets. Uh, again, like I said, I'd love to be able to sit down and just sit in on the negotiations. But I mean, you're getting a superstar player. You're gonna get. An, you're getting a guy who can put the puck in the net, and that is the most important thing in the NHL. Getting the puck in the net, and for Ottawa, it is just another guy who can score. And like you guys, you got guys like Stutzel, Norris, all these guys coming up. And Batherson could be the first guy to really hit a stride. And if he does, Batherson, man, he will be a phenomenal player in the NHL. He has super speedy, has a great shot. He he puts the puck in the net. And he does it really well. So I think at the end of the day, you're gonna pay him a lot, and you might not be able to love it, but you have that player and you have them locked up. So I think whatever Ottawa pays Batherson and whatever Ottawa plays Kachuk as well, you're going to have them locked up unless it's like, Oh, they both get 15 mil or something stupid, crazy like that. Um, it's a good deal for Ottawa because they're getting two really good players and they're locking up for the long time. Well, and that's the thing. I think fans just want to see these guys locked up long-term. Right. And, and if, again, if it's a bridge deal, it's a bridge deal. I think, I think you can live with a bridge deal a little bit more on Batherson than Kachuk. I, I, you know, I heard Eugene Melnick say that, you know, they're not going to give the captain to a guy on a bridge deal. So that leads you to believe that Brady Kachuk's getting the captaincy. He needs to sign a long-term deal. So that, that will be fascinating to watch. And, you know, I think, I think he's the natural. I mean, I think Shabbat would be a good captain as well. 
But I, I think the natural is you would give it to Kachuk, um, but you're not going to give it to Kachuk if, you know, it's a constant charade and you're never really sure, you know, what's going to happen, you know, if he's going to be here long-term, right? So it's beneficial to everybody to get something done long-term. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, can they, can they work things out? And again, that leverage is on the Kachuk side. How much does his camp use that? to their advantage to, to broker the best deal possible. This feels like it's something that is probably going to go. I, 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 does it go deep into training camp? Does it go to the start of the season? Does it go, you know, into October, November, you would hope not, but it feels like we're definitely not getting something done until, you know, at least the next deadline, which would be the start of training camp. Well, that's good to know. And thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. My, pre my pleasure, Jack. Uh, great to be on with you. Great talking hockey with you. Yeah, thank you so much. And we can't wait to, well, we'll try to have you back sometime um, in the near future when uh, hopefully Ottawa's making the playoffs next year. <laughs> Sounds good. Awesome. And before we let you go, uh, do you want to plug your social medias, like uh, your Twitter, Instagram? Yeah, Twitter and Instagram. I think it's, uh, well, it's the Super AJ on Twitter and it's AJ on Sports on Instagram. So there you go. I don't post a lot on Instagram. It's usually vacation pics. And that means, uh, you know, because of COVID, I don't have a lot of pics on there. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully in the next uh, year, I'll be able to post some more vacation pics like everybody. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much, and we really appreciate it. And we will be right back with another segment of Hockey Talk with Ono Kane. Stay tuned. And welcome back to the show. Thank you so much to AJ Jackie Beck for hopping on. Really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I had a that was a fun interview. I mean, it was a little bit of delayed on our call, but I mean, it was such a fun interview. Such a great, uh, such a great guy, and uh, we can't wait to have him back on in the near future. So. I want to start now by saying, so this is a little darker topic. I know there's a big story that came out of TSN and of the Chicago Blackhawks organization this week. We, because um, we are, we try to keep it lighthearted. We're a fun ed um, education, entertainment mix. We try to be entertainment mostly though. And, you know, we're, we try to keep it lighthearted on here. So we obviously won't be touching on this, but I do recommend for anyone who doesn't know, go search up uh, TSN. I don't have the article's name right on uh, right on hand, but uh, I'm sure if you, you could definitely find it. The, something awful that happened in the Chicago Blackhawks organization quite a few years ago, and we're happy there is being legal action now, and everyone at the Blue Line Reports um, is in full support of uh, all the victims and the victims' families here. So we just stand in support, but we are not going to touch on that. We I just came to that decision. I felt that we try to keep it lighthearted and it's probably not the best to touch on, especially because we are, uh, we're kind of young, you know, we're little, we're little kids. So, um, but yes, I just, if you don't know what's happened, please go inform yourself, educate yourself. And um, we stand with the victims and the victims' families. So um, on a happier note, I'm now going to be joined by Ono Kane uh, for another segment of Hockey Talk. How's it going, Owen? Pretty good, pretty good. I it's school's over, so I don't think I could be that upset. And exactly, exactly. School is over. What a great feeling it is. Today is our today is the Tuesday, so today is our first day. 
I think it's Owen's first day. I don't know. Did you have the Monday off? No. Okay, so yeah, this is our first day because we're recording this on the Tuesday. It comes out Tuesday night, so you're probably listening to it somewhere sometime later in the week. But this is our first day off. How was it, Owen? What you what you do to spend your first day on summer holidays? First day on summer holidays, I went to a rollerblading rink and I played roller hockey. And I snapped my stick in half, and now I have to get a new one. What what what, what stick? Is that like your actual hockey stick? No, it's just my road hockey stick. I, I was taking a slap shot, and it just blade just flew off. And into okay, that's the not how it just I've seen you play hockey. You can't the, hit it. Sorry, I call you out here on the show, but uh, you can't hit a slap shot that hard. How'd you actually break it? That's not true. No, it's been no. So I've I've been using this stick for a long while now. The blade is like I don't know if you could see. It was literally that big. I'm not even joking. Tiny for anyone yeah. listening. Yeah. And so it, yeah, it was really tiny, like tiny. Yeah. And then, um, so I took a shot with it and since I've been using it for so long, it was so tiny. I go, I take a slap shot and the stick just breaks. Like the thing just flies off. So it's kind of hanging by a thread. So, you know, seeing my opportunity, I just snap it and pretend I'm Hulk. So I chuck it and (laughs) chuck it onto the bench. And then, uh, I played with a goalie stick for the rest of the time, you know? Nice. Nice. So, like, did the blade come off or did, like, snap in half the stick? The blade came off. The blade Okay. Because I, like, by the sounds of it, I thought you, like, took a slap shot and it split right in half. I'm like, you're not that strong. <laughs> you're not no, no, strong no. no this to was, do that. This, no. This was a Gretzky, like, metal stick. There's no way I'm breaking that in half. There's uh, no way. Stick? There's no way. That in half. The Gretzky metal stick. Okay, okay. It was like that. It was made out of, like, material like that, but only it was... Okay, that makes more sense. That makes more sense. Okay, so, well, that's nice. And how I spent my day is I uh, was hanging out with my buddy Dylan this morning before he got on a 30-hour stream. Our good mutual friend Dylan, he's been on the show a few times. He, He's a streamer. He's about to go on a 30-hour stream for charity, I believe. I forget what charity it is. My mom wouldn't let me do that. I wouldn't let myself. Even if it was. My body. Even if it was to like. Yeah, I don't know what charity he's doing it for. Good for him. But like, I could never do that. I like, I get tired. I get like longest I'd play like nonstop of video games is three hours. Then my eyes get tired and I don't usually even play that long. Yeah, I know. Like after any time after like two, two, three hours, it's like, oh my God. But like and you he get bored is... of the game. Yeah. And you get bored yeah, of the game too. Like I think he's like he's big into G fuel and stuff. So I mean he's got that to power him through. But like, hey, good luck, Dylan. He ends he started at eleven AM this morning and he's gonna be finishing at five five o'clock on the Wednesday. So tomorrow, five o'clock tomorrow which is just stupid, man. I've told him it's a dumb idea and that he shouldn't be doing this, but he's like, no, I'm doing it for charity. So like, hey, good for him, man. Uh, If you want to go check him out, I believe his uh, Twitch is not underscore DRG, if I'm correct. Uh, I'll pull it up right now. Uh, He is currently streaming as we're recording this and he will be streaming, like I said, till uh, five o'clock on the Wednesday, if you're hearing this before then. Um, Sorry, his Twitch is... um, 
not dear not um and capital o t underscore and then all capital drg so uh go check him out he he's got he just hit a hundred thousand followers on uh, tiktok so good for him and uh my body would just shut down he's like oh you should do a 30-hour podcast i'm like i think i'd die <laughs> i think i'd die we <laughs> We you know, it'd be it'd get to one point. Let's say you're doing it with me, because you'd have to do it with me. Um, yeah, of course. So let's say like what would we even talk about? What is there to talk about? We usually go on for half an hour, talk about hockey for the week, and that's it. Like we don't we run out of ideas in like 45 minutes of what to talk about. We do the question of the week. That's kind of like an end of the thing filler. Realistically, I think the most I could push me doing a podcast would be like four hours realistically i think that is like the max i could go and that would be pushing it probably like, be, three hours 45 minutes would be like ugh, getting bleak but i mean that would probably be my max like just me full pushing it out yeah 30 hours isn't happening sorry uh we might do like a live stream in the future though for a charity that'd be pretty cool love to help that out but um i could do uh i could probably do yeah probably about around there around we'd run out of topics an exactly. hour into it and we just yeah. so how was your day <laughs> exactly exactly so um yeah Call it. so as you could probably tell we usually have a very structured episode this is a fairly light-hearted episode yeah. talking like buddies um and i wanted to go over the uh nhl player pools uh it's Ooh. fun and we will uh talk about how the players don't know anything about hockey and how us watching the games know much better even than them. Yep. Even though they're playing with these people, we know way better than them. So uh, that should be entertaining. So uh, let's hop right into it. So the first category is who is the best goal scorer? So how we're going to do this is I'm going to ask Owen who they, who he thinks. So for every category, I believe there is five players who got, or four, four players who got voted, uh, four top players got to be named as the goal scorer but I want you to I'm going to ask you who do you think won that category so who do you think is the best goal scorer according to the players in my opinion it's Dovechkin okay I know you're gonna you're gonna say oh it's Matthews and I think the players are just you know a bit biased I, I think they're just gonna say Matthews I honestly think it's Matthews so I, I think it's Dovechkin they're going to say it's Matthews. So you are correct. It is Matthews at 46.27% of the vote. So almost half of the NHL decided that Matthews is by far and away the best goal scorer in the NHL. Coming in second is your boy, Alexander, the great eight Ovechkin at 33%. Uh, David Pasternak at 6%. 6% and uh, your other boy, Connor, at 4.5% uh, uh, rounding out the end. So, uh, not really a big shock there. I mean, everyone knows it's Matthews. Like, Owen, you're kind of delusional. I mean, Ovechkin used to be really good and used to be the best goal scorer, but it's a new age, buddy. It's a new age now. It's time to live you in the future. Age me? What? That's that's disgraceful. Yeah. Okay. It's a new age. So our next category, who is the best defenseman in the NHL? Are we now, talking... Now I'd like to let you know. Okay, so is it like a defenseman, you know, defenseman, or is it just defenseman? Just any any person that plays defense. Now I'd like to let you know this person won with sixty four percent of the vote, so it wasn't even close. 
So I'm I could say like let's say Mackenzie Weger and I'd be way off. Yes. Yes. If you'd be way if off. I didn't get it right. Okay. And I'm I'm not gonna say Mackenzie Weger. Shout out Mackenzie Weger. Um Shout out Mackenzie Weger. Uh who who is it? Who do you think? Sixty four percent of the vote. You are correct. Victor, Victor Hedman with 64% of the vote. Now, that is not the controversial part. You will notice the controversial part as soon as I say it. Okay? You ready to hear yeah. this? So, 64%, Victor Hedman, not controversial. 7%, yeah. Roman Yossi, so the number two best defenseman. I mean, it could be argued, but not very controversial. Uh, oh, tied with Ro- Roman Yossi, sorry, is Kale McCarr with 7% of the vote. Um, at two percent of the two percent of the vote, John Carlson. Okay, and uh, you know it's not many controversial ones yet. Uh, and rounding out our top five, two percent of two point five percent of the vote is uh, Drew Doughty from the LA Kings. <laughs> so like, I, I'm Drew Doughty. Yeah. So, like, my thinking is that. So, he, he won with, like, two points. He, he's on here with 2.73% of the vote. And there's, like, what? Jeez, 500? Like, let's just say 500 players. So, that means the LA Kings voted for Drew Doughty. All of them voted for Drew Doughty, and that's how he's on this list, yeah. which I find is amazing. I think the entire Manchester Monarchs had to vote for him, their AHL team, yeah. because there's no way. You could have gone. You could have gone Quinn Hughes. You, yeah, you could have gone. You could have gone Darnell Nurse. Not on the list. You could have gone Seth Jones. You could could have gone a lot of different ways. Coming <laughs> to say that, like Drew Doughty, not a bad yeah. defenseman, not a top five defenseman anymore. He used to be, not anymore. So yeah, the L.A. Kings voted for. Uh, yeah, the L.A. Kings voted for Drew Doughty is basically what that means. Our yeah. next guy, uh, best goalie. Oh, this so, person won with 54% of the vote. So fair. only 54 for Vasilevsky. Only 54. Only 54 that, for Vasilevsky. That's controversial. That's controversial. Vasilevsky is the best goalie. 101%. He's the best goalie. He's, he's unmatched. Moving on. I think second place, if I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess second place. And people probably said, um, so there, it's definitely going to be a young goalie, not an old goalie, because I don't know. Or it could be now. Old. Think I don't now. Know. Think about this, because reputation carries, and and oh, so it's carry three quarters. Second. No, no, I don't, I'm not saying that. But three quarters of the NHL hasn't played this goalie or hasn't played this player. So it's off of oh, reputation. Oh, so it's definitely carry price. It's That's definitely guess for carry. second price, second place. So with fifty-four percent, Andre Vasilevsky. At eight point eight eight percent, your boy and our good friends, uh, our good friend Adam's boy, uh, the flower, Mark Andre Fleury. <laughs> I like the city. Um, <laughs> at eight point two five percent, Carey Price from the Montreal Canadiens. So there's your boy. Uh, at five percent, Connor Hellebuck, and at four percent, rounding off the list is Tuka Rask. Connor Hellebuck is better than Mark Andre Fleury. Yes. I don't care yes. what reputation. Marc-Andre Fleury could have won 13 Stanley Cups with Pittsburgh, and Connor Hellebuck would still be better. Want to know why? Because Connor Hellebuck's a better goalie. 
and doesn't play on it. Didn't play on a team with Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang. You play on a team with that, you better win the Stanley Cup. So it's yeah. I'm not saying Flurry's a bad goalie. I'm just saying Hellbuck's a better goalie. You know, and and that's, that's now now he's playing on Vegas. And Vegas is, I'm not going to say they're a good team. I'd never say that. They're a decent team. They're a I, good I have team. Something. Owen has a lot of uh, um, disliking in his heart because of a good friend of ours who's a big uh, Knights fan. But, like, Vegas is a solid team. That's why Vegas is in the conference final and Toronto and Edmonton are not. So, I mean, eh, who cares? It's just a player pool, so we'll move on. Now, this is is 100% by far should be the most controversial one. So you're not going to like this one. You, Owen, are not going to like this one. Yeah. So who is yeah, the most com- Who is the most complete player in the NHL? Connor McDavid. This is a tie. This is a tie. They probably said, people. They probably said Mark Stone. They probably said Mark Stone. So so who do you think the two people are who are tied? McDavid and Barkov, I think. McDavid and Barkov. Okay. So McDavid on this list came in fourth on most complete players, <laughs> which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I know he's oh, not Wayne great Gr- on defense, but he makes so Wayne Gretzky. So Wayne Gretzky's the fourth best player in, in the world next to Mackenzie Weger, Craig Anderson, and oh, uh, Barkov. No, no, that's no. not true. McDavid so, is a complete player. He's Connor McDavid. Yeah, it was Why kind of dumb. Arguing? I think people, yeah. I think people use this as like the selfie, but like, who's the most complete player? It's Connor McDavid. It's who, basically wait, like who's first? Best who's players. first? So tied for first are two players. One is uh, both captains now. Uh, one is the captain of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Sidney Crosby which I can definitely see. And the other one is the captain of yeah. the Boston Bruins, um, Patrice Bergeron. Yeah. Uh, coming third is Alexander Barkov with 14%. Uh, uh, fourth Barkov is, is better than David, is what they're saying. Is more is complete McDavid player than McDavid, third? right? I know, kind of dumb, but whatever. Uh, 7%, obviously, McDavid, and 5%, uh, Nathan McKinnon, and 4% uh, is Anze Kopitar. Rounding out that Kopitar, list. yes, I agree kind with that. Of... Kopitar should be higher than McKinnon. Whoa, no, no, he shouldn't. McKinnon is a I mean, more rounded player than Kopitar. Kopitar yeah, is a great Kopitar... two player. Kopitar is a great two. Yeah, two, player. yeah, two. Yeah. yeah. But this isn't okay. Yeah, okay. This is yeah. the most complete. So it's dumb. McKinnon and McDavid should be number one and two. Or no, sorry. Yeah. I think Crosby should be McKinnon, two. No, no. McDavid, McDavid, Crosby, McKinnon, Barkov, or Bergeron, Barkov. Sure, I'm fine with that list. Kopitar shouldn't be on here. Uh, some of the other guys shouldn't be on here. Whatever. Now this is a more favorable list to your boy. Uh, if you need to win one game, who is the one player at any position you'd want on your team? This person won with 36% of the vote. Who do you think won? That's so it's McDavid. It's McDavid. It is Connor McDavid at 36%. At number two is Sidney Crosby at 23%. That's what has me. 
McDavid only has 36% of the votes. McDavid has 36% of the votes. Crosby has 23%. McKinnon at number three has 5% of the vote. Patrice, Patrice so Bergeron has 4.5% of the vote. Andre Vasilevsky is tied with Patrice Bergeron at 4.5. And then Patrick Kane is at 3.4. So this is where I'm at. But I get it. Yeah, he's, he, he's not the greatest two-way player, but he's an offensive wagon. So you probably want to have him there. But, you know, it's fine. I think McDavid should have won with way more votes. Um, but I'm an Oilers fan, so you can't yeah. really... No, I, I'm not an Oilers fan. I dislike the Oilers because Owen likes the Oilers. That's just how it goes. Just like That's the- why I dislike the Leafs. Exactly. Um, McDavid should have won this vote by uh, 100% of the votes. Yeah, because he's yeah, Connor David. I think Patrice Bergeron, Vasilevsky, Patrick Kane, Crosby, and McKinnon would rather have McDavid on their team than them on their yeah. team. <laughs> Ask all of them and... Would you rather McDavid? Be, would you? Yeah. Would you rather you or Connor McDavid? Oh well, that's a tough question, you know. Uh, Connor. No, it's not a tough question. It's Connor McDavid. <laughs> it's Connor McDavid. All right. Our next category is who has the best shot in the NHL. So now who's the best goal scorer? Who just has the best pure shot? And this guy won with forty-eight percent. So forty-nine percent of the vote. It's, I'm leaning towards Ovechkin. It's it's it Ovechkin is, or Matthews. And I'm it is Alexander Ovechkin, and number two is And Matthews. second is Matthews. And yeah. second is Matthews at 28%. Now, I want you to guess who is number three with 5% of the vote. Pasternak. Nope. McDavid. Just list off, Just list off players. Nope. Pasternak, McDavid, uh, um, Mackenzie Wee. <laughs> Um, who, who would have a good shot, but the players would vote for third best shot in the NHL. Apparent, according to the players, it was the third best shot in the NHL. Who is it? I bet you, you, like I could have given you like 15 minutes. You wouldn't have come up with this. I bet you, you wouldn't have come up with the blister and slap shot from, uh, the guy who's anchoring the Montreal Canadian blue line, Shea Weber. (laughs) Oh, Shea Weber. Oh, okay. I, when you he's said blistering slap shot, he's got a blistering when slap shot. But like slap shot, I thought you were gonna say Dion Phaneuf, and I, I thought you were gonna say Phaneuf, and I, yeah. I that would have been amazing. Shea Weber. Shea Weber is a, according according to the NHL players has the third best shot in the NHL. Now I say that is dumb. He shouldn't even be top ten. He has a great slap shot, but. I don't see him sniping one from the point. So it shouldn't be close. <laughs> the blister and slap shot and all, he shouldn't be at number three. Number four is Patrick Laine from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Number five is – number five and six Fortnite are – Yeah, Fortnite boy. Uh, both tied at 1.89% of the votes uh, is McKinnon and David Pasternak. And then I believe this might be there. We have two left, two left. So this is our second last one. So who is the best stick handler in the NHL? With 49% of the vote, it is Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane, number two. Trevor Zegers should be on there. Not there yet. Trevor doesn't have, doesn't have the repertoire yet. But um, at 25%, Connor McDavid. 
7.5%. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, 2%. Um, the boy from the six, Austin. Uh, at 1%, Matt Barzal. And at 1.26%, Alexander Barkov. And then our last, our last uh, category, you will never get number one. You will never get number one in a million years. Who is the best passer in the NHL voted on by the players? That narrows it down. Um, think, think about it for a second. I'm going to say McDavid. No. Try you, I, I, I said you'll never guess it in a million years. So start like guessing random ones. And no, it's not Mackenzie Weger. <laughs> So I have to guess random ones. Like, who do you think is voted on by the players the best passer in the NHL? Andrew Kopp. No. Okay, not that random. Not that random. Oh, okay, okay. Um, this guy's a first Artemi Panarin. No. Artemi Panarin? No. Can you give me a conference? Conference. He's in the Eastern Conference. Sorry, give me a division. Give me a division. Metropolitan division. So that's Washington, Pittsburgh, uh, Buffalo. No, not Buffalo. Um, Philadelphia. Logan Couture. Nope. Did you just say Logan Couture? Yeah. He plays for San Jose. I know, I know. Not in that same division. Uh, No, okay. You're never going to guess it. Uh, It's Nicholas Backstrom from the Washington Capitals who is uh, the best passer in the NHL voted on by the players. <laughs> number two is Patrick Kane. Number three is Leon Drysaddle. Number four is Connor McDavid. Number five is uh, Michelle Marner. And number uh, five, uh, number six is Sidney Crosby. So you go, folks. Nicholas Backstrom, best passer in the NHL. <laughs> Woo! I'm not going to comment on that. I'm not commenting on that. And that was that fun. Is, and that's uh and that's it for your NHLPA player pools. What'd you think? I think the players should stick to hockey. Yeah, um I think so too. I I because analytics not their stuff. analytics clearly not, clearly not for the players, you know. Yeah. <laughs> True I, completely, I um, completely agree with you. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, this was fun, and we'll try to we'll try to do more fun, lighthearted episodes. It was super fun. I had a great time here, and uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for uh, today's episode. So, thank you so much, Owen, for coming on the show. Always love to have you on. Uh, do you want to plug your socials? Uh, always have to pull up your Instagram because I never remember your Instagram. I should. It's I like, should change oh, it. Oh nine eight seven five, Owen. Not uh, Owen. Oh, at you can go find Owen O'Kane at uh, Owen nine seven three five nine on Instagram, uh, and you can find me on Instagram at jbailey twenty three. You can also find the show on Instagram at blue underscore line underscore port, and also go give us a follow on Twitter at blue line with JB. Go give us a uh, listen on Spotify or Apple Podcast, and uh, I'd like to say thank you so much for one year of the Blue Line Report. Hopefully, uh, we'll be seeing many more years, and uh, we just really appreciate the support. I know Owen and myself and Nathan really appreciated it, and uh, you guys have just been, like, so fun, and you guys are the reason we're still doing it. So uh, thank you so much. We will see you next week, and um, 
Have a great week. School's out. Woo!